Hello, you are listening to the Plumfield Moms, and this is Saturday Morning Coffee. Study Your Own Lesson, a reflection by Diane Pendergraft, originally posted at theglorioustable.com. All scripture quotes are from the English Standard Version, unless otherwise noted. I've heard it said that John 3.16 used to be the most well-known and quoted Bible verse even among non-Christians. Now, though, it's Matthew 7.1, Judge not that you be not judged. I don't know how they get this information, but I certainly sense the pervasiveness of the sentiment. Judging anyone for anything is now considered the worst thing a person can do. Many Christians will twist themselves into intricate knots to keep from appearing judgmental. It simply isn't nice to judge others. We know Jesus did say, judge not that you be not judged. Are we to take this as our motto without context? In this same sermon, Jesus also tells us to beware of false prophets. How will we know true from false if we don't judge anything? Is this a gag order then when it comes to admitting some things are right and some are wrong? Aren't we as Christians instructed to know the difference and act on that knowledge? How do we reconcile this? The comment on Matthew 7-1 in Matthew Henry's commentary helps me understand what is meant by judging. Quote, We must not sit in the judgment seat to make our word a law to everybody. We must not judge the hearts of others, nor their intentions, for it is God's prerogative to try the heart, and we must not step into his throne. Nor must we judge of their eternal state, nor call them hypocrites, reprobates, and castaways. That is stretching beyond our line. What have we to do thus to judge another man's servant? In the same way, the Apostle Paul often pauses in the middle of a letter to break into praise to God. He also stops to pray for the people he's writing to. In his letter to the Philippians, after Paul tells them how much he misses them, he tells them exactly how he prays for them. that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. End quote. Philippians 1, 9-11 Love increases with knowledge. The more we know, the better we can discern and approve what is excellent. At its root, the word translated excellent in the verse above doesn't imply that one thing is better than another but that it is separate or different. It reminds me of the Sesame Street song that asks children to identify one item in a group that doesn't belong with the others. That simple song was teaching children to discern. The word translated approve means to discern, try, or distinguish. Paul uses the same word in Romans 1-2, where he instructs us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we will be able to discern the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There is nothing here about condemning others. He wants us to have a right view of ourselves. The ability to look at a bowl of apples and spot the one orange is discernment, not judgment. This is a skill I will need if I want to prepare apples for my grandma's tried-and-true pie recipe. Noting that oranges don't belong in this recipe doesn't mean that I hate oranges and wish this one would rot so I can put it down the garbage disposal. I'll set it aside for another time and purpose. If I want to make a good pie with those apples, I'm also going to need to discern the quality of each one. There may be one that looks beautiful on the side I can see, but when I pick it up, I find that the other side is rotting. If it's bad enough, I'll throw the whole thing away. Perhaps I'll cut open another beautiful apple and discover a worm. I'm going to dig that out and get rid of the slimy thing, then discern how much of the apple is usable. I don't do this because I hate apples. 
What I'm doing is keeping my pie pure so I don't serve rot to my family. I don't attribute evil intentions to the worm. I simply say, that doesn't belong here. Paul said he prayed for his beloved Philippians to love more, know more, and discern better so they could make excellent choices. The result he desired was their purity, blamelessness, and fruitfulness. This is not for selfish reasons, but for God's glory. Holy God, please give us eyes that truly see, ears that hear rightly, and lips that speak love and good news. In Jesus' name, amen. Scripture for Reflection As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. 1 Peter 1, 14-16 But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Hebrews 5:14. Reach for more. Quote, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. End quote. Ephesians 5, 8-11